Hello, lovelies. Okay, so last week we went into the traditional Chinese medicine of sexual energy. And we hardly got any gory details at all. So if you like that, you're going to hate this one <laughs> and be really disappointed. So maybe I'll catch you on the next one. Because ultimately, all I can really talk about is my personal experience. And that could totally be TMI, right? I mean, I've got lots of juicy books. In fact, I found more than three books. No, I didn't only have three books. I think I have about 30 books on this subject. And I found some really, really good ones. So I'm going to kind of everything from Careza to Robert Anton Wilson, Sex, Drugs and Magic. I mean, really, really good books. <laughs> so I'm going to go through those. But my point, I guess, what I was trying to say is I had three main books that were really interesting to me. But anyway, enough about books. The whole point is, is that I can read you things from the books that speak to me in terms of my own personal experience, right? That's really all I can do because otherwise I'm just reading you books, which I don't know, maybe you'll like, but maybe you'll like more <laughs> than my gory stories. Anyway, in today's talk. The reason that I'm going to give you some gory details is because I want to answer for you some questions that I was asked as a result of that last episode. And the most common question was, how do I know this stuff really works? So to answer that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to dub chance in. What did he ever do to get involved in this bloody podcast? I don't know. Oh, Lord. But anyway, I'm going to give some gory details. And maybe it's not chance. Hey, I've had three, well, three husbands, two husbands and one fiance. So it might not even be chance that I'm talking about, might it? So there you go. You never know, right? But I am going to talk about an incident that does pertain to chance, and that has to do with his cultivation practice. And then I'm going to talk about my own experience with my jade fountain, the golden energy of my jade fountain. How's that? I actually had to spend some time thinking about how on earth do I describe this to you that doesn't sound just totally insane. <laughs> it still might. So hold your horses. Okay. So here goes. How do I know that this stuff is real? And the reason is because I've done scientific tests and Chance has done scientific tests. So the main test that Chance did was he engaged in, I think it was like a hundred days of cultivation practice. Now, what was super interesting about that is that A, he was able to do it, but B, he literally undertook physiological changes that were evident, self-evident, okay? Things like in the middle of winter, his body would be warm, that he had much more energy than ever before, that his jade wand, what was that called? <laughs> that his wand of jade just was literally more jade-like than it had been before, not in its color, but in its, let's say, mm, 
rock heartedness. Okay. And you know, when you're not, I don't know, 27 anymore, I don't know, you do notice that there is a difference in your rock heartedness as a man as you age. And so these hundred days of cultivation definitely affected the jade-like nature of his rock or the rock-like nature of his jade. Some other really weird things happen too in the respect that um, people would touch him. Strangers would just come up and touch him. And it was really odd uh, because people don't normally touch Chance. Chance kind of scares people, <laughs> to be honest with you. They don't really get his sense of humor and he looks a bit unusual and and it tends to scare people off, but not on 100 days of cultivation. On 100 days of cultivation, people were coming out of the woodwork to touch him and People that were a little bit of a more unstable mind, if you will, paid him a lot more attention than they would normally, right? So he was living in Santa Monica and outside where he lived was a big strip of land beside the beach. And it was basically filled with homeless people that really didn't pay him any heed until he got up to about a hundred days of cultivation. And then all of a sudden, it was like he had been invisible to them before, but now he was visible. So some of these things I myself noticed very tangibly, and other of these I can only speak to from the perspective of what Chance has shared with me. And as I am not inside his body all of the time. And I'll explain that one day. <laughs> and it's not what you think. Don't just stop thinking dirty. I'm talking about having my consciousness in his body. Thank you very much. But I can only go on what he told me is the bottom line on this. When it comes to my own sexual energy, I can speak to you about that from experiments that I have done. And a lot of what this is going to be is about that. And I just want to establish that first before we get into some of the techniques and things, because if you're interested in this and you have the question, how is this real? It's a very, very valid question. And at the end of the day, you're just going to have to try it for yourself and see if you can experience it, because all the talking in the world I can do is not going to help you. Like I just mentioned in the other podcast, I can explain to you what an orgasm is with all the words in the world. And until you actually have one, you're not going to know what I'm talking about, right? So my goal here is to explain to you a little bit about how I was able to ascertain that there were sexual energies inside of my body so that you can start playing around with that as well. And the first thing I want to say is that imagination is a big part of this. When I was, mm, I don't know now, gosh, who knows, a young woman married to my first husband, I became a yoga teacher in La Jolla, California. And that was my first introduction to pranayama and when I was doing pranayama practice, my yoga teacher explained that I was to inhale my breath up my spine 
And as I exhaled, I was to push that breath further up. And that seemed like the most ridiculous set of instructions that I had ever come across. So inhale it up and exhale it up. I'm like, shouldn't it be inhale it up, exhale it down? But no, it was inhale up, exhale up. And so it took me a little bit of time to kind of get my head around inhale up, exhale up. But I was able to. I was able to do that. And I guess we just did so much of it, right, that I became really adept at utilizing my imagination to focus my concentration on the breath within my spine. And it's kind of uncanny because when you start doing these practices and you start imagining them, they take on a life of their own. And yes, your imagination kind of kicks the process in, but once you start doing them, you know exactly how far the breath has gone up your spine and how much further you have to go. So I think the word imagination is a word that is very much devalued in our culture. And I think that it is something that is far more powerful than we give it credit for. So part A of the question is that I used my imagination in pranayama and with sexual energy once I started to circulate that. Now, I have sitting next to me the alchemies of Horus that I will share with you because it was instructive to me. And I will probably do that next episode just because this one's getting long enough as it is. But I'm going to get into a gory detail now of how I understood that what my imagination was doing with my sexual energy was very, very real, at least to the person that was involved in the activities with me. So if you remember from last week, there is a part of the female anatomy called the jade fountain. And sexual essence is one of the things that is potentially available to your partner in the area of the jade fountain if your jade fountain is flowing. And as we talked about, to get the jade flowing, you need to have the trust and the love and the comfort and all of these good things. So one day I am engaged in activities with my partner and I start doing the alchemies of Horus, which basically means, or in, a, in an oversimplified manner anyway, running the energies up the spine. So I was engaged with my partner and my partner was, for lack of a better term, slurping on the jade fountain. And from my perspective, it appeared that my partner was very, very much enjoying the essence that they were obtaining from the jade fountain. And again, because I was in the receiving position in this particular situation, and because I am a scientist at heart, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have been thinking about this at the time. <laughs> I had an excess of essence or sexual energy, and I thought, hmm, this might be a really good time to send that up the spine and start doing some of these alchemies of Horace. And so essentially, in my imagination, I diverted 
the flow of the essence from out of the jade fountain to up the spine. And lo and behold, my partner acted as if the spigot had just been turned off. It wasn't that they pulled away or recoiled (laughs) in any way. It was more like their mm, slurping or uh, passionate consumption of this essence. The level of intensity of that consumption (laughs) got turned right down. Instead of a slurp, 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 they became like a, oh, yeah, hmm. And I found that startling because it really coincided directly with my diverting the essence. So then I thought, okay, this is crazy. Did this really happen? So what I did was I re-diverted the essence from my spine out back through my jade fountain. And lo and behold, my partner was yum, yum, yum. This is great stuff. Basically, instantaneously when I diverted the fountain. Now, my partner was not consciously aware of this. My partner had no idea what I was doing. And my partner didn't say, hey, turn it on, turn it off, (laughs) or anything like that. It was just a matter of me observing my internal flow manipulation and very evident reactions to it by my partner at that time. So I sat there a little bit here, turned it on, turned it off, turned it on, turned it off. And to be honest with you, there was also this question of what do I do with my orgasms? Because I didn't know what to do with them at this point in the journey. And so the ability to redirect the flow was something that I was utilizing as a mechanism to stop the orgasmic process or delay or slow down the orgasmic process because as I mentioned last week, I was trying to emulate the behavior of my partner. So at this point in the story, I can tell you that this was one example for me where my imagination enabled me to get a very distinctive change in my partner. I didn't do anything differently. I didn't move differently. I didn't groan differently. I didn't do anything to breathe differently, squirm differently. I did everything exactly the same way. And the only thing that changed was my imagination. And that was what they were reacting to. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that When you want to engage in these kind of behaviors, whether it's in solo practice or whether it's in a couple situation or who knows, a sextuple, utilizing the imagination is the key to access these practices in my experience. So that when we do get into the alchemies of Horus or the sex magic of Isis or some of my energy sex stuff that I'm going to share with you, We are going to be utilizing the imagination as the jumping off point, just like I did in pranayama when there was no sex involved. So, I don't know. Play around with your jade fountain. (laughs) This is your homework. Your homework is to... to 
Observe your your sexual energy when you're aroused. Just literally, step one, pay attention to it. What is it doing? Where is it? Is it moving? Is it stationary? Does it go anywhere? Does it leave your body in the direction of your partner's mouth, for example? Put your imagination where the activity is and observe. And once you have a sense for where it is, and what it's doing, then play with it. I mean, the two easiest things are sending it up your spine or sending it out your jade fountain. And look, I'm really, I look, I don't know if we want to get all, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't know if we want to get all graphic on YouTube. Well, I've just done it, but I don't know if you want to get all graphic on YouTube. So perhaps do we start a private Facebook group for us girls or something where we can talk about this. I think we might because I would love to hear about your jade fountains. Oh, anyway, that's enough for today. Enough gory details. Much love to you. Hello, lovelies. I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Hecka. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years. It features Gordon White, Chance Gardner, Joseph Patrick Farrell, Lon Milo Duquette, Tobias Churton, Graham Hancock, of course, the fabulous John Anthony West, Rupert Sheldrake, Stephen Skinner, Thomas Sheridan, Peter Mark Adams, Thomas Joseph Brown, Aton Veggie, Mog Morton, Bernardo Catstrop, Shauna Holm, Mark Passio, John Zaraki, and the goddess Joanna Kujawa. I am so incredibly proud of it, and I invite you to come and have a look. You can find a link on MagicalEgypt.com. Thank you.